Are you ready to make a real difference in the world and especially to the people around you? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast, where we celebrate the road less traveled in business, leadership, and life. We welcome you to another conversation that we believe will provide you with the insight and inspiration you need on your journey. Here's your host, Kevin Monroe. It's Kevin, and I want to welcome you to episode 143 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. And again, this week, let me start by checking in on you. How are you now, today? Hey, it's my hope and prayer that you are well, and that like some of the flowers you see breaking through a crack in the concrete or blooming in the desert, that you too are pushing your way through difficult circumstances in this unprecedented time and that you are flourishing. I am always grateful that you choose to join me today. Thank you. So today we're bringing you another conversation on gratitude. This one was in the works before the pandemic was announced. We didn't go looking for it. It found us, and I believe that was divinely providential. If you're part of the Higher Purpose family and coming back for more, or if you're joining for the very first time because you know Carl, welcome. I'm glad you're here. As I said, we recorded this conversation just a week or so into this global pandemic, and just after hosting a conversation with Chester Elton on gratitude. So we actually held this conversation for a couple of weeks as we released other conversations that we believed would be helpful as you navigate your way through uncharted territory. Now, it's time for this conversation with Carl Stabe. Carl recently wrote a book, Bring Gratitude. Feel joyful again with bite-sized mindset practices. I believe you will enjoy this conversation, and I hope you are encouraged by it. Hello, Carl Stabe, and welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast. What a joy to have you join us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) Me too. You know, Carl, it's so interesting. Right now, we are around the world. We're in a season of uncertainty, and you've written a book, Bring Gratitude, with the subtitle, Feel Joyful Again with Bite-Sized Mindset Practices. So bringing gratitude and feeling joy may be a challenge for many that are listening to us today. But what a beautiful time to talk about gratitude is what I believe, and I think you agree. Yeah, wholeheartedly. I think I can't put enough emphasis on gratitude because it's the foundation of where we can start to make changes in our life. And in your email that you wrote me is a Zig Ziglar quote, you know, of basically where we put our focus. If we focus on the things we're grateful for, the more that we put that focus on those things, the more those things will come to light because they're always there. There's always those things to focus on. And those, the more that we'll feel that and the more that we'll have that abundance in our life. Yes. Well, Carl, yeah, I love that Zig quote, and I'm glad you brought it up now. And I also found it really interesting that crisis and calamity, at least from my perspective reading your book, crisis and calamity were catalyst for you on your personal journey towards exploring and embracing gratitude. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So the reason I wrote the book was my father was passing and 
he was a huge part of my life, good and bad. Like he was a tough German who didn't give out praise very easily. He couldn't say I love you to me, but he showed his love. He was affectionate towards me. So like anything, nothing's perfect. No life is perfect. No relationship is perfect. But it's what we do with these things, these relationships, these interactions, this pandemic that we're dealing with in this moment. We can choose to kind of crawl into a shell and watch the news and let the worry drown us. Or we can think about the wonderful things that we do have and the opportunities that we have. Because we don't want to sugarcoat everything. But what we want to do is we want to look at things and say, hey, there are beautiful things even in the struggles. So like, for example, my dad was passing. I've kept a gratitude journal in the past. I went to visit him in the ICU. He looked horrible. He was bloated. He was depressed. And he definitely, I think, was giving up at this point. And I've never seen my strong German father ever give up on anything. Um, He used to swat bees with his hand. I don't know why he was allergic to his hand would blow up. I was like, what are you doing? Go get a, if you don't like him, go get a fly swatter. But he just had this mentality is like, I'm going to overcome anything. And so when I saw that, it, it shook me a little bit. You very much what's going on right now. I think our society shook by how fragile we all are and, you know, how we have to be aware of what's going on and we have to take precautions, but we still have to live life. And so like when my father was passing, I went back to my gratitude journal. It was the third time that it finally stuck Mm. before I would try, but it didn't stick until I had this stressful and, you know, worrisome situation that I used to help myself grow and help myself, you know, figure out how to live this future life without my father in it. Hmm. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And I do want to go into your story a bit more in a moment. But before we do that, I want to do two things. One of those, and you were just on this, you know, you're talking about how your journey started out of a personal crisis, your third attempt at doing gratitude as a practice, and you reference so many people are in a struggle right now. For those listening, for you listening that may be at a struggle, what is something we could just kind of help them reset towards gratitude right at the beginning of this conversation, rather than having to hear a conversation on gratitude and hope they pick something up (laughs) along the way? What could we do to just help people right now do a gratitude reset? Let's try that. Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. So, Oh, there's so many ways. So the key thing on habit building, and let's say you feel a little bit sadder, you feel more worried, you feel more stressed, you need to figure out what you want to be able to do to build upon and create a habit that will help you kind of stack from where you're at now to where you want to be. So you have to understand your why. Why do you want this? So I believe most of us should have a gratitude habit because it really is the key component to living a more joyful life. And there's a big difference between joy and happiness. 
happiness is very fleeting. Joyful is a kind of foundational part of who we are. And I didn't always have this. I struggled with it mightily. But it was once I started keeping my gratitude journal every single night. And what I suggest is stacking on top of a habit. So as you're brushing your teeth, instead of letting your mind just wander around, think about things you're grateful for. So for those two minutes, don't think about what you're going to do next. Don't think about what your day is going to be. Don't think about, you know, all the news that you read or the movie that you or the TV show that you just watched. Shift that focus. Now, the key thing is how are you going to remember to do this? I put a post-it note up on my mirror. Most of us brush teeth in, in front of our, you know, bathroom sink. Put a post-it note, say, while you're brushing your teeth, you know, uh, think of things you're grateful for and write your because. This is important. You have to understand why you want to do this. Once you understand why you want to do this every single day, and I suggest people do this for 30 days and then evaluate how they feel after they're done. Because once they do that every single day, 99% of the time, I've never had a client say, this didn't work for me because uh, gratitude is the best way to send endorphins to your brain. That's those feel good chemicals that we all need. It helps us feel less stressed and worried, and it helps calm us. And when we're calm, we can make better choices. And those better choices allow us to build off of, you know, common sense of doing things that truly matter to us instead of being reactionary. Okay. So I don't know about you, but I don't have my toothbrush right here mm -hmm. at my desk. Yep. Uh, let me ask you a question I ask every guest at the beginning of a conversation. So at this point, where you're at today, right now, what's something you're grateful for in this moment, Carl? My kids, my wife, strawberries, the blue sky, butterflies, my friends, hugs. I am a big believer in touch, and that's why keeping social distance is really hard, I think, for a lot of people. We don't realize how important it is. There's been studies where babies who are struggling and on, you know, day-to-day, -day, you know, might not make it when they have somebody touch them, when they have somebody hold them. Don't quote me on this, but their survival rate is 60% increased. Hmm. Makes a huge shift. It's a huge part of how we bond. And so what we need to do is we need to figure out how we can still create these social bonds and build these social bonds while we have to keep our social distance. Because once this kind of dies down, and it will die down, nothing lasts forever. And we have to remember that. And that's why, you know, during this time, we can make some shifts in our mindset. We can make some shifts in our habits. This is an opportunity, people. I want to reiterate that. Like, this is scary, and we need to be cautious and we need to be careful. But this is also an opportunity for us to have a deeper understanding, more compassion for our you know, fellow person, as well as more compassion for ourselves. Absolutely. All right. Out of your list, Carl, I've got a question. I just have to go back and ask, why strawberries? Are strawberries in season yet? Or why did strawberries make your list? Because I'm ready for fresh big succulent strawberries, but I don't know where to get them right now. I live in Texas, so yes, they are in season. We have a warmer weather here in Texas, so most fruit is in season. So 
when we're here in Texas, we get these big succulent strawberries and then we ship them in from the northern states over the summer when we get too hot. So yes, this is a really, you brought up a good point is we want to eat healthier, right? Maybe we do want to eat more strawberries, but we, maybe we don't choose that. And especially in this worried state, we go to comfort foods. And comfort foods are pretty much known for not being as healthy as they should be. But when I find I go to a store and I'm grateful for the possibility of eating healthier foods, of thinking about the foods that are healthier, I'm more likely to choose them because I'm already setting myself up and priming myself before I go into the store and before I order food online and have it picked up. Well, there you go. A little bonus health tip. (laughs) So, Carl, I mentioned this to you earlier before we hit record. As I was thinking about our conversation today, it's interesting that you didn't write your book against the backdrop of a global pandemic. Yet that's the backdrop that was happening when I'm reading your book, because I read your book last weekend. We're recording this on Thursday March 19th is the day we're recording this, but it was the first weekend where social distancing had even entered my vocabulary, right? And my wife and I were in the mountains, and we went someplace where we could go see some things, and we stayed in a condo, so we would socially distance from the people around us. But that's when I was reading your book, and so there may be aspects of your book that touched me differently with against that backdrop than other backdrops, but I was just fascinated. First off, I loved how just full of life, and I mean daily life, your book is. So here's a line that I want to call out now. It's about finding gratitude in the challenge. If I can turn any situation into a growth experience, I'll be able to appreciate any moment. Now, I'm pretty sure you didn't write those, you know, thinking of a global pandemic, you may have even been writing that about being in a traffic jam or something at that moment. <laughs> but do you think those words apply to our current situation? Yeah, I do. I think every situation, let me be clear, we all struggle on a daily basis. We struggle with our inner thoughts, we struggle with our relationships, we struggle with our careers. It's funny. I have the book open to the page because I was going to bring that up. Page 260. Everyone has something they are currently struggling with. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone. And that's why we need more compassion out in the world. Because if we understand that no matter how people are reacting, I work closely with clients who have high-level jobs, high-level careers, and the politics is tough, and the interactions are are difficult to navigate, and there's so many factors. Mm. And a lot of times we look at people who are wealthy and we see how they have options that maybe we don't, but they struggle in just as many ways as we do. And when we see and, you know, how they're behaving and maybe they're behaving great and maybe they're not. But if we always start with that they are going through something and we have to find a way to bring that compassion to that situation, 
it opens our hearts up and it makes us easier to feel gratitude in that situation. Okay. I want to ask you a specific question here too, actually. I want to ask you, what is a challenge that you faced in the, since this global pandemic? What is a personal challenge you faced and how have you found gratitude in that? I went to Florida and the social distancing was at the end of our vacation. We had to fly back and my brain was an overdrive. And I knew if I let my brain just run amok that I wouldn't sleep as well. And I also know my personality and and my body type, I usually get sick. And that would have compounded how I would have felt because I flew home on a plane when everybody was freaking out about, you know, not being near more than 10 people. And there were 200 and some odd people on that plane. And everybody's closer than three feet apart. Exactly. Yeah. And so those thoughts could have, they could have dominoed into a more stressed out, more anxiety ridden Carl, which probably a few years ago, that would have happened. I wouldn't have been able to stop it. But through my practice, through gratitude and thinking about what I did have, I was able to calm. I was able to, and I have a trigger I like to pull on my ear when I think it just a, when I feel these feelings, I'll pull on my ear three times. And when, what that does is it basically just sends a signal to my body. It's a physical thing. I, you know, I'm a, I like physicality, right? So I use that as a way to say, calm down, slow down, and think of a few things you're grateful. Hmm. And I usually try to list at least three because then the more I list, the more I start to calm down. And so I then, I think probably around midnight, was able to fall asleep and get a good night's sleep because of that practice. That's why I wrote the book, The Strength of Gratitude and How It Shifts Our Mindset and how we choose, what we choose to think about and think about dictates who we are and how we behave. Okay, and I want to go into choice in just a moment, but before we do that, I've got another question based on what you just said a moment ago. Everyone's currently struggling with something. So maybe on this trip, in the same time frame, right, against the backdrop of the global pandemic, how have you been able to be more compassionate Mm. with someone else? Yes. So I was working with somebody and I set up a meeting. They said they had a fever and they were out sick and I wanted to include them on this meeting. And they found out, you know, through emails after the meeting was over, like, why didn't you include me? And he's out sick. And I'm like, well, why would you, I include you on a meeting if you're out sick, but I don't want to call him out. Cause I think we're all stressed out, right? He's stressed out. And the issue for me then is how do I stay calm and not attack back mm-hmm. because he was attacking me. Like you've got to do a better job of this. And I basically said, like, hey, like, you know, I understand where you're coming from. I laid it out. I was level-headed. But before I did that, I found ways to be grateful Mm. for him. Even though he wasn't acting in the way that I would like, 
I still found ways to be grateful for him for past things and even be grateful for just the person that he is in that moment because that is who he is. And, you know, he's acting in a way that I don't accept, but I also need him to know like this behavior, I can't just be grateful for his negative behavior. So I had to be honest and say, hey, I understand where you're coming from, but I don't want you lashing out on me. And I set that line in the sand with him as well. None of this would have been possible if I didn't take those moments before to calm myself with gratitude. And I think that is something that is such a powerful tool. If anybody takes anything away is finding those times, finding those moments to kind of pause and feel gratitude. And Carl, I've had other people share a similar circumstance or situation. When they were in a situation with someone where someone was acting out badly, and it would be easy to respond to that, to pause and be deliberate about gratitude with this person, towards this person, from past experiences with this person that you right that moment, you just want to back slap them or whatever that is. <laughs> that initial gut. Re- yes. Yes. You know, you just go, wait a minute, man. You know, Carl has been such a valuable member of our team and Carl came through for me just a couple of weeks ago on that project and that kind of gratitude and then go, Oh, yeah. Now let's moderate how I would have responded otherwise. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, just real life in the moment, bring gratitude to that situation. Bring gratitude to that person who's pushing your buttons. Yes, because then you can be thoughtful of your next steps, your next actions. And I think that's the key. It's it's just allowing you to pause allowing you to appreciate the moment, good and bad. It's not about just focusing on the good. It's focusing on the whole moment and being glad you're in that moment. And this is where meditation is a huge part of understanding how to tap into gratitude because I think we can get swept away by our thoughts. We can get pushed around by our inner bully. And if the more we can start to see these, what triggers us, what doesn't, what's causing certain things to our inner bullies to come out, then that's when we can use tools like gratitude and compassion to really make sure we stay level-headed. Yeah. Okay, maybe I confused the traffic story a little earlier because I believe that's chapter 18. I'm looking at a note I'd made. You relate the story of being stuck in traffic, running late for an important meeting, And in that context, you paused and you asked yourself this question. What choices do I have to improve this situation? Yeah. Carl, I love that. So talk about that now from the book, that journey, and then let's apply that to even now, right? We all have choices and we are all, hey, it's worse than being stuck in traffic right now, what many people are going through. But even in these situations, we all have a choice. Yeah. And that's the beauty of, you know, Viktor Frankl, the author that was in the Nazi concentration camps. He's one of the the biggest influences in my life. You know, whenever you look at a situation that you're in, it's 
how you choose to look at it. Whenever you stop finding meaning in a certain situation, because any situation has a little bit of meaning, you could use it as a way to help yourself work on your patience. You could use it as a way to improve how much you last. You know, you could use it as a way to create a deeper connection with somebody. Like, for instance, I'm grateful that we have the internet right now and we can connect. Like, we've never talked in person and I'm loving this conversation because, you know, it gives me an opportunity to think through some of these things that I've have never thought of in this way, you know, like how you're stringing things together is different than how I do. And that's amazing. And like, we all have that opportunity. You know, we all have cousins who we haven't talked to maybe for years. Like, how cool would it be if you said on Facebook, hey, you know, Mark, hey, Amy, can we chat for a little bit tonight? I want to catch up with you. What's going on in your life? Like, you don't need to just stay in your house and watch Netflix all night long. Like, pick times. Put time on your calendar and say, I'm going to speak with Amy from 8.30 p.m. to 9 p.m., whatever it is, right? Like, and say, be, come from a place of just genuine curiosity of like where they're at in life. And this pandemic could help you get closer to family members, friends, and meet new friends. Like, you know, now us talking, like, you know, now we're on each other's radar. We have a better understanding of who we are. You know, I might be able to help you in other ways. And, and that's the beauty of life and the internet. Like, let's utilize these great tools to our advantage. Yeah, a group of friends of mine and me are hosting daily hangouts just for people who are social distancing so it doesn't become isolation. Every day, one of us is taking a lead on a hangout and just, hey, whoever wants to come. And so they're new people. We've been doing this over a year now, but this week we've had people we've never known, never seen before, just wander in because they now have freedom in their schedule to do something they've not been able to do before. And just these opportunities to connect, to begin talking to people, make new friends. It's a beautiful opportunity. That we wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. I mean, just think 30 years ago, we had the phone, which would have been great too. I mean, just imagine you could call up any company and, you know, they're probably dead. Like you could talk to somebody in their customer support center and brighten their day for five minutes. Like there's a lot of ways to spread joy. Most people in call centers get yelled at. What if you just called to say, it's wow. funny because my wife finds me a little weird, but... Well, we've got that in common then. <laughs> Probably a lot of men have this in common with us, but I like asking people different types of questions. Um, and one of them is, what's your favorite animal? And I was getting um, the health checkup and the nurse was uh, getting my blood pressure. And instead of us just sitting there idly, I said, hey, what's your favorite animal? And he said dolphins. And I was like, oh, that that's cool. Like, why dolphins? And he's like, just always as a kid. And a couple of years ago, I went to Mexico and I swam with dolphins. And it was the greatest experience of my life. And I can't wait to do it again. And now like, I have a connection with this person through a shared positive interest. And this is, a, oh, this brings up a really good point. So I 
used to connect through complaining and negativity. Part of the reason I put myself on this gratitude, and this is not uncommon, I think for a lot of people, it's easy to complain about a relative and talk about that and connect. It's easy to complain about a boss to a coworker. These things are important. There's nothing wrong with venting, nothing wrong with you know, talking about issues because a lot of times we can help solve problems together. But if you keep repeating the same things over and over, you're just complaining the complaint and that's not helpful. So what I've been more focused on is connecting through positive mm -hmm. experiences, telling people things I love. Like, you know, it's easy to say, I don't like this band. And if you don't like this band, we can bond over it. And if you do, then I could be like, oh, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about, right? So there's a lot less skin in the game if I say, I don't like this thing. I don't like this article. I don't like this political representative. I don't like whatever. Because I say it's a negative. I can say, I don't like this thing. But if I say I do like something, I like this movie, I like this musician, it can be something where I could be rejected, right? If, you, if it's a negative thing, you can't really get rejected because you don't like that thing either. So it's a safety mechanism that we've built over time that we need to work on and stop. Because if you connect with people through negativity and through things that you don't like, you end up building relationships based on that. But if you build on positivity, you build on things that are uh, positive books that you've liked, things that you've worked on, projects, that's how you're going to build long-lasting relationships that are, have a solid positive foundation versus I've stopped drinking about three and a half years ago and I've seen my true friends come to life because I don't go out drinking with friends anymore. I do go out. I don't mind if they drink. But it's not like that's not a part of my routine. Like, hey, let's go to the bar and have a drink is not in my vocabulary anymore. And what I've realized is, is like, I found other ways to, I go for more hikes. I do things with people that don't require drinking and nothing wrong with drinking. I think if done well and in a healthy way, it's good. But what I found is I'm connecting with people through shared activities that you know, help me in my life and stay healthier. And it's helped me build friendships in different ways. And it's really helped me build long lasting relationships that I continue to reach out and want to do these things more with them. So I want to pick up something, pull one thread forward out of that. You talked about bonding around the negative or the positive. So for example, yesterday in our hangout, the question we started asking, because there are plenty of people talking about all the bad behavior they're seeing in the world with the global pandemic, we started asking, where are you seeing good behavior? Mm. You know, where are you seeing people that are showing up as their better selves? Let's elevate that because we could all, you can find those conversations real quickly who's doing something wrong and, you know, the people that are hoarding whatever they're hoarding. Well, let's just talk about the people that are sharing because there are a lot of people like in Texas. I heard there was a couple that went to their favorite restaurant. It was a local restaurant, not a chain, local restaurant, left a $9,400 tip. Whoa. They had a picture of the receipt and it was use this to support your staff while you're closed. Wow. 
Yeah. Right. Let's celebrate those. That is awesome. Yes. Let's celebrate that and let's connect around that and, you know, lift others. Yeah. In your book, I am just pulling a couple of quotes out. Here's one that I love that I can relate to. Even after all my gratitude practice, it's so easy to forget how gratitude can make any difficult situation just a little better. Yeah. And coming back to that traffic situation, traffic's difficult. I still fall back in the bad habits and get, yeah, I get frustrated, but it's not feeding those frustrations. I think that's where we can make a really good quality shift in our lives is there's a thousand things other drivers don't do as well as we'd like them to. But it comes back to the old idea of people who drive faster than you are crazy. People who drive slower than you are molasses. And no one's like you, right? And so you can choose to attack anybody who doesn't drive like you do, but it's not helping. And I remember in that book where I stopped attacking people and I had a really good commute. And I was so proud of myself, I celebrated. And this is really important to build these habits, to build these gratitude habits, to build these thoughtful habits that kind of support our lives is celebrating when we do something well. We need to do more of that. So I rolled down my window and I did a duck call out the window and I made myself laugh. I put on a song, I started doing a dance in my car because what that's doing then is it's reinforcing this positive good behavior that I want to do more of. And it's allowing me then to say, hey, Carl, this was fantastic. You want to do more of this. Mm -hmm. And I have. And it's in celebration is a huge part of being able to make that happen. And I appreciate you saying that because I was looking, I picked up your book to try to thumb through it in page 239. I usually work hard on a project, but don't always take time to enjoy it once I've finished. Yeah. I don't soak in the moment. I'm already moving on to the next thing. We had a conversation just two weeks ago with one of these global forums I host, and that's specifically what we asked. When you hit a milestone, what do you do to celebrate? And the most popular answer that day from that group was start climbing the next mountain. Yeah. We don't stop to celebrate. We don't sit there and high five the team and say, what were the good things we did? And what was my contribution to the project? What was your contribution? No, we're climbing the next mountain. Yep. Talk about that a moment because we do want to celebrate. I mean, I had a friend that recently wrote a book, finished the book, and then I don't barely slow down to say, hey, I finished a book. Yeah. Writing a book is hard. It's a lot of work because I think it comes back to the small things. We do the small things well, we're going to do the big things well, but we don't celebrate what we do on a daily basis, let alone on an hourly basis, right? So one of the things, I would say brushing your teeth, thinking of gratitude, but another thing people can do is ask themselves, what did they do well that day? 
at the end of the day, think about what you did well. I got to interrupt you there. You just triggered something in my mind. I don't even know if this is possible. Is there any such thing as positive rumination? I mean, that's what you're suggesting, right? Mm -hmm. Because so many of us, the end of the day, we're thinking, oh, I screwed that up or I blew that, I blew that, I blew that, right? And that rumination can just run endlessly. Yes. And I just heard you say what, how I interpret practice positive rumination. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And it's a game changer. It's huge because if you look back on all the things you've done well, this is a, a really important and do it at the end of the day because you're going to have the most impactful thing and the things you think about at the end of the day are what go into your long-term memory. So to your point of, oh, I did, made this mistake. I made this mistake. I made this mistake. That is going into your long-term memory. It's not a bad thing to acknowledge mistakes because we learn from them. But the difference then is not acknowledging the mistake, but then asking yourself, what did you learn from that mistake? Because then you're seeing the positive in that again. So even take a negative moment and flip it. Yes. Hey, that didn't go so well. What did I learn? Because then you won't make that. Because what you're doing is you're focusing on the negative. You're not finding a solution, so you won't do any make a different choice the next day or the next day after that. The, the people that grow and the people that are successful are the ones that grow from these mistakes and use them to make themselves better the next day and do it in a way that builds their confidence because confidence is huge. If you know that when you reach out to somebody that you're bringing something of high quality, you're going to into that meeting, into that email and that call, whatever it is with confidence. And this is, that person is seeing that and they want to be around you because you are showing that you, you know, really understanding the big problem and how you can help them. Okay. Our time's starting to wind down here, but before we do that, I think we mentioned this term after we hit record, maybe, maybe it was before, but there are two quotes from your book that I want to invite you to talk about mindset. Every moment, and I want to underscore, every moment can be amazing with the right mindset. And that freedom comes from mindset. It comes back to Viktor Frankl. So the reason Viktor Frankl survived Nazi concentration camp is because he found a way to have purpose. And his purpose was to help the people who are struggling, try to stay focused on what it is they want to do when they get out of the concentration camp, and it gave them a reason to live. And so what we need to do is we need to focus on what we can do to help ourselves, because I think we forget about that. We always talk about helping other people. We need to help ourselves as well. We're very important. Always put the oxygen mask on yourself first, and then help other people. And I think we forget about when we go help other people, we're not getting fulfilled because we are lacking inside. There's pain inside that we haven't addressed. And so we have to create a plan, right? What's the plan that's going to work best for us? I have some resources for your, before I forget, bringgratitude.com slash plan. 
And what they'll get is they get the SOAR documents. It's an evening mindset routine. And SOAR stands for simplify, observe, appreciate, and reflect. And so every night what I do is I try to simplify a little part of my life because when we have less things cluttered around us and in our head, then we're more going to function better. Then I observe others, people that I admire. TED Talks are, I stopped watching a lot of action movies at night, a lot of thrillers, a lot of crime, because that's the stuff I'm putting into my bed at the end of the day that will then solidify as thoughts and feelings going into the next day. So I started watching positive stuff that helps me calm down, feel, give me ideas to work on the next day, and then appreciate, appreciate the things that are going on in your life, the good things, and then reflect what you did well, and then what is learning from your mistakes? What is one thing you could do a little bit better tomorrow? And this document kind of lays all that out for them, but it's a great way to start building up your mindset so you can tackle any situation. You build a more resilient mindset and you find the growth in things like Carol Dweck says, it's all about growth and it's the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. That's bringgratitude.com slash plan, right? Yep. We'll put that in the notes. And for people that want to get in touch with you, where else do they do that? Bringgratitude.com is one way. What's another? Yeah, and on Facebook, Bring Gratitude. That's where most of my community, I have a, a private community. So when you join the email list, I think it's up over 2,400 people now. I ask a question of the day in there, talk about questions and positive questions and thought-provoking questions. And then Instagram, Bring Gratitude. But I would say website would be the best way to get started and where I have the most resources for people. Okay. Well, Carl, thanks for joining. What do you want to say to bring this conversation to a close? I want people to realize that they have an amazing opportunity. Right now, you're living a life that no one else has ever lived and will ever live again. So you have an opportunity to do things and to feel things and to help others in such amazing ways. And if we can just get out of our own way and see how lucky we are for these opportunities and for the ability to try things and fail at them and make some tweaks and try again, like, I've been working hard to, you know, when I first put out Bring Gratitude, I think maybe my mom and like 10 other people bought them. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I need to do something about this. I want more people to have this information. And so I'm reaching out to people. I'm trying new things. I'm failing at a ton of them. And, you know, Facebook ads that are just bombing and outreach to podcasters. I think I emailed like 100 podcasters in the month of October. And I think one got back to me for an interview, you know, and, but that's okay. And I'm slowly tweaking these emails and they're getting better. And I'm leveraging other people and then hiring people to help me with small projects. 
we have these opportunities, you know, uh, to try these different things. So that's the thing I would say. Use this opportunity. Create a 30-day challenge for yourself. If you don't keep a gratitude journal for 30 days, try to think of one small challenge you can do to find growth. And if you can just chip away at that thing, maybe it's a book that you want to write. Don't start with thinking about this big, giant book project. Think about writing the outline and you know for just 20 minutes a day and you'll see how much progress you can make and all of a sudden you start building that confidence up and it allows you to kind of reach more people and become that true self that you know that is out there and even within you well thanks for joining carl this has been a fabulous conversation. I've truly enjoyed it. And I know there's so many things in here that are going to help people now. Thank you. I had a great time. And your research on the stuff in the book was second to none. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Well, thanks again, Carl. Thank you. Let me share a few thoughts with you before you leave me. Perhaps some of these words sound like things motivational speakers say. I believe, like me, you're realizing the truth to these words in a whole new light. Carl said, you have choices in every situation you're in. It's up to you to be creative and think of the best way to handle the situation. Like I say, that sounds like something motivational speakers say, but it's that kind of perspective that allowed people like Viktor Frankl to endure and to persevere through even the most difficult situations of imprisonment in a concentration camp in last century. It's those kinds of questions. It's that perspective we need now. So I want to encourage you to thoughtfully ask what Carl said. What choices do I have to improve this situation today. I want to encourage you to remember that question as you encounter some situation either this day or this week and just look at it differently and wonder, what choice do I have to improve this situation? Yes, it sucks. Life is really difficult right now. I get it. But you have a choice and gratitude can make any difficult situation a little bit better. Gratitude, it matters more now, and it's absolutely essential. So please, if you've ever thought that gratitude was optional, that it was for those people, somebody else, realize that bookending your day, starting and finishing your day with gratitude will equip you to get through this. Hey, if you like this conversation with Carl, I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy episode 140 with Chester Elton, where we also talked about gratitude. and. I want to invite you to personally join us in the Find Your Gratitude community. That's at findyourgratitude.community. Be well, stay safe, and find something to be grateful for today. It will not only help you, it will shine a light for others. And you know you can always reach out to me, and I love it when you do. Email kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com. Call or text at 678-744-5111. Thank you for being a difference maker. What could 10 days of gratitude do for you? 
Find out what hundreds of people have experienced and make a change that can last a lifetime at thegratitudechallenge.community because it's better when we do things together.